I'm really excited about this episode, actually. You say that a lot, but I genuinely know you are actually really excited about this episode. I mean, that's true. I'm pretty much always yeah. excited to do these cool podcasts yeah. that we do. Um, yeah. But in this case, this is something that really is hitting hard at the moment. And I, I don't think the majority of the world is actually seeing what we're seeing in the more nerdy streams of life. And it's going to be very yeah. exciting to bring it to some people that may not know about it yet and to expand the knowledge of it because this is something that's going to affect everybody. And I don't just mean, I don't just mean mm. people in the industry. I mean everybody and everybody in a really majorly catastrophe potential way. Uh, and, and, and I'm not going to bring any preambles into it. I'm not going to say this is good or bad yet, um, but I'm definitely going to say this is an episode that's going to have some really shocking revelations in it for some people out there who don't know yet. Yep. That's it. That's the least funny beginning to an episode we've ever had. Um, do we need to do a quick joke to just like, you know, spice it up? Why did the koala fall out of the tree? I don't know, Sonic. Why did the koala fall out the tree? It was dead. If that doesn't win some kind of <laughs> Emmy Award for podcasting, I don't know what deserves it. Honestly, that was brilliant. <laughs> so, so we're um, it's heavy hitting this, and and it's not clickbait. I promise you that. No. But uh, we're going to start off with a lighter topic, oh, sort of lighter, maybe not. Mm. Um, I know. Uh, just as our first, because you know the 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 sequence for podcasts in season three is. Uh, well, short segment, long segment, and what what do we call the other things again? Oh no, we do first Features. short topic, long topic, feature topic, and then we do segment, which is our Second. comic Listen. comic relief, comic relief potentially, where I mm. always win the awesome prize of being always the best win. You've won once <laughs> in the last three podcasts. I'm the winner. You got a hundred percent record, yeah. That's the problem with statistics, right? Is that if you pick and choose the ones that you want to use, you can uh, make anything look like anything else, to be honest. I think that's factually correct. I think the first is. the first time somebody says to you, oh, 70% of this, what, out of your 2% sam two people sample, <laughs> one was unsure and the other one said no. That's 70% for you, just so you know. It is. So... It is uh, the first topic we're going to go on with tonight yep. uh, is all about uh, what we've been talking about, the aliens and uh, messages into space and all that sort of stuff. And it is actually regarding uh, the stuff we've been sending out into the universe and what happens if somebody finds it. So that's our first topic for the day. 
Let's yep. hit it. Three, two, one, zero, zero, seven, all right so what do you think what do you what what let me go through the things that i know that have been sent out into space and then we can have a chat about them so we've got voyager one we know about voyager one Yep. Which was kind of a satellite-ish spacecraft sent out with a number of things inside of it, like a the human, da, uh, da Vinci human, and I think there's some songs and stuff in I don't know exactly what's in there. You can Google that. But a bunch of human-y stuff trying to say we're peaceful and here we are. There's like a map to our planet using the galaxy as a map and such. So if anyone finds that, uh, they'll know exactly where we are. Uh, the good news about Voyager 1, for those of you who don't want the aliens to find us, is that it doesn't go very fast. It's uh, like 35,000 kilometers or miles, one of the two, per second, per hour, per hour. And that is, in cosmic terms, incredibly slow. In fact, it just left the solar system and is on its way for about a thousand-year journey to the next set of planets. So if we don't smarten up in the next thousand years, we might be in trouble. But that's Voyager 1. And then we have faster things such as radio signals that we've been sending out into space, such as the Doritos one that we already spoke about. And we already and we have uh, messages that people have been ad hocly sending out into space, such as the ballet dancers uh, noises that we talked about in the other episode. And yep. have we – that was episode three that we haven't released yet? Ooh, we're recording before. We, I don't know if we've released it. I think we have released it. Did we, we release it? No. <laughs> yeah, I think I so. I actually think that's the one I did while I was away, and I think it is yet to come. But either way, it oh, will okay. be released before this one. I haven't even – anyway. So um, so all the things we spoke about in the episode we haven't released yet, uh, we, we're now talking about now. Isn't that interesting how time works? Anyway, so, so there are a number of people that have sent things out into the universe. Doritos sent that message out and so forth and so on. And there are uh, hotly debated – that if we send messages out into the universe, uh, it's very bad for humanity because if someone actually finds them and comes in and sees us, we're ill-prepared for this. So what would happen if somebody got this message and, and we're going hypothet- to hypothetically come up with a scenario where it hits the alien planet and they're a peace, peaceful and then they're also an aggressive species of yeah. beings in the universe? So I'll leave you as the peace-loving member of our troop to decide on what the peaceful race is going to do if they find our message in a bottle, so to speak, out into space. What do you think, General? So the first thing I think, you know, should they approach us, we should be quite lucky. Um, if, they're, if they're deciding to sort of be on the periphery of, of Earth and just outside of, like, detection range and stuff i'd imagine they'd be quite close to the moon or hiding around the moon and lucky for us america in 1969 stuck an american flag in that soil that has never been retrieved I the mean, good news is that's great the, <laughs> the good news is that the sun has bleached it pure white so it looks like we've already surrendered so it's absolutely fine we're already non-hostile white flag that's got to be intergalactic sign of peace right you know, so no hostilities <laughs> there. All good. 
then they get in these little radio waves coming through. Maybe they found some of our music on Voyager 1. Also, strangely enough, sent out in the Tesla Roadster, Johnny Be Good be playing. Johnny Be Good, Back to the Future music, always goes down well. They're going to be jiving away, going, hey, these guys know how to play some music. Yeah, and then maybe a bit of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony or Bach or uh, any of the other songs that were selected, especially David Bowie, that would be that would go down a storm, I'd imagine. So these aliens all chill, peaceful flag, peaceful music, come on down, enhance our lives. We, we, you know, we make friends. Uh, we, we don't declare war on them. We don't try and kill them. We don't try and, you know, use them and exploit them. We, we literally make friends, and they improve our lives, our medical care. We offer them our history and our music and our culture and everything's wonderful. So is this the dream that you have or what you think will really happen? So I think that taking the cross segments of the things that we've sent out, that they may stumble across on a peaceful side of things. I think they would be, they'd be very curious and I think they would want to understand more of our culture because we've sent out Peruvian wedding songs Australian Aboriginal songs, Chinese butterfly lovers performed by the Shanghai Conservatory Orchestra. I can't even say that. So we sent out a lot of a variety of cultural music and images and our languages that have gone out as well. They're all a variety of languages. Does this alien culture have a singular language or are they like, do they have different languages? Do they even use vocal noises to communicate or are they like cats and somehow psychically have a full conversation in front of you you know it's um it's it's an interesting one i think the things we've sent out are quite not necessarily representative of the stuff that we day-to-day see in the news that's broadcast that they could potentially also pick up with their technology um but if they just got these message in a bottles, these little tidbits, I think they'd be very curious about our cultures and they'd want to, you know, come and, da- and and socialize with us for that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think uh, that's, that's a potential outcome. I, I do worry when we talk about when aliens are coming uh, of the impression that we give off from our day-to-day lives. Like you say, these things are not indicative of what we do day-to-day. But the human race in general, if you look at us from a global scale, is, you know, warish and a bit idiotic. We have so many things going on and so many different contradictory issues that it would be so difficult for an alien race to pick which one it'd want to talk to, um, let alone, and then trying to address the world uh, as a whole would be incredibly difficult. I think that everybody would have their interpretation of what was said and what was what was needed to be done. There would be all kinds of power struggles for our governments and even uh, even a peaceful race coming to say hello. We would struggle with yeah dealing with well, the peace. I know it's a strange thing to link it to. It kind of isn't. So. You know, in the Superman movie where um, Zod comes to Earth and he's on all the tellies in all the world and everyone sees him in their own languages and everything. Right. Yeah. Even if that was a peaceful message, but that's how they communicated, that would, like, even in today's technology standards, that would still spook an awful lot of people. Because there are parts of the world that aren't 
necessarily up to date with technology and like we we're quite a modern technology society but there is still some societies that even further down the line than we are like you know salt lake city for example in the states there's areas of japan that are far superior in technologies or use technologies more immersively than we do etc and then there's tribes out there who communicate in clicks still and don't you know don't even have mobile phones well, there's yeah, islands. Sure. There's actually whole yeah. islands of people that won't let you come on the island, and if you do, they'll kill you. There is like, and and those are those are real places here on Earth. It, it's just a very interesting way. Uh, I'd say way. That's the wrong word. It's a very interesting idea to see how humans would react to such a thing. But mm. we say humans, and I really mean people. Mm. A human, like in Men in Black, we say, a human's fine, rational can have a conversation. But humans or people in general and groups of people specifically hate things for no reason, hate things because they're different, hate things and, and want to war with things because they don't get to say what's true and what's not. It, I, I'm, I'm really scared uh, about how we will react to somebody. And it's kind of like... If you think about the justification for abduction, which we have spoken about, I would say the justification for abduction is they take a, a sample of each culture and kind of deal with each person and see what the reactions are of those people. And and maybe the reason, if if there is aliens out there, of course I'm not saying that there is or not um, in, in, in regards to in our solar system, that the reason why they wouldn't come and communicate with us on that level is because they see us for this jumbled up mess of, of societies that just can't get their acts together, as I've said in, in previous podcasts. So that, I mean, your take on what would happen, I think that's really uh, the best case scenario. And I think that it would is. be the, I would love that to be the case. It um, would be weird if they stumbled across the stuck rovers out in the middle of nowhere, though. Like if they didn't get the any messages ones. from us, and yeah, and they're just like on on a on the random like expedition themselves, and there's a car basically just parked. <laughs> or if they bumped into the Tesla Roadster that Elon Musk flew up there, where there's a dummy in a car. Like, what message is that? Like, like you, you've got to go. What 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 are these people doing? Like, what is this? Like. I've, I've, I'm convinced that somebody one day when we actually have spacecraft that can travel uh, interstellar, such as th throughout our solar system and out and beyond, uh, that one day someone will shoot that car just for Probably. fun. <laughs> I know. I would. Well, I'm like, there's Because it wouldn't respond Ooh. to hills. Therefore, <laughs> that's the American approach. We've hailed it. It hasn't replied. Blow it out the water. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty American, American military from the, from the films. That's All right. So, so the hostile uh, alien yeah, race, this is, this is up to me. How do you me. think? Yeah. So I, I don't think they'd bother. And this will come okay. into the conversation in the next topic. But if they saw okay. us and they saw our planet, if this is the big mm -hmm. egotistic arrogance of humanity, thinking that our planet is worth anything to anybody else. There's a huge problem with our planet, and that is it's covered in water. It's, you know, difficult to get the materials out of the planet. You have to fight this inhabitants, which although maybe inferior are annoying, it's, it's riddled with all kinds of drama, and it's really close to a sun. 
which is uh, dangerous for other spacecraft and stuff like this. And there's, you know, gravity around Jupiter, which would be an issue. And I think that if it's resources that a hostile, like an alien race would want to, to gather, why not just sit in the asteroid field and, and mine there and take those things? There's there's trillions more kilograms, trillions and trillions, and like the next level up, quadrillions, quintillions of more resources in that space of all types. In fact, potentially some we don't even know about than what we well, have here on we've Earth. We've had asteroids crash on Earth that have got gold and diamonds in them, haven't they? So... Yeah, um, because it, you know everything is made. Yeah. Diamonds and gold is is potentially not as rare as we think it is here on Earth. They could just be remnants from from another planet. That could be severely common in asteroids and um, and the Oort cloud that sits around outside of our solar system is is massive. I mean, it's massive. It's a giant ring of. of rockiest substances which you don't have to argue with anybody to get it if we could travel that far we'd have more resources than we ever need to do anything we ever wanted to including building dyson spheres and all that kind of stuff so why bother picking on mm. some little annoying planet covered in this liquid water which is really just hydrogen and oxygen which of which again there you could potentially replicate very easily with your own technology if you have such. And it's just it just wouldn't be worth it. I just don't think we're worth anything. We're very in our movies, we're very arrogant about why the aliens come here. They want to mm. suck the the juice out of our brains or they want to take our core of the planet. But there's literally trillions and trillions of planets with nobody on them. Why would they pick the earth? What's what's so, what a, it's Made of iron, who cares? <laughs> it's just not that big a deal. So what about the two other options that come to mind um, from Hollywood films? So you've got your alien and you've got your predator. So alien isn't necessarily a um, <clears throat> intelligent in the way that we would perceive it to it's be It's like an angry dog, right? Yeah. And then predator, they would use our planet as like a hunting ground, like um, for sport, etc. Um, and they've got technology that would have picked up our signals and stuff, and their their whole agenda would literally revolve around um, hunting or the practice of hunting or the challenge, etc. Sure. I mean, look, that that's a potential uh, option. But, again, are we much of a challenge? Our bodies are very frail. I to a pre so. The fact that yeah. predators... Um, in the movies have su superior bodies, superior technology, superior abilities, and they, and they fail so readily against like a guy with a revolver is just, <laughs> it's just, it's just garbage. They, they're like, they're bigger than gorillas. They would rip our arms off if they, they and they do in most cases, the predator will uh, take out an elite squad without even being seen much stronger people. Apparently Danny Glover, while he's limping, can fight off a predator. You know what I mean? Like it's it is Danny Glover. I can understand it's, that. To be it's honest. good for movies, but the reality was he's not he, they wouldn't even bother. They'd be like, get out of here, kid. You know? So <laughs> just... I think it evolved the, the concept of predators evolved over time. I think the original one was very much a alien crash landed here and had superior technology, but then 
almost went Klingon in its honor system. And then over the, the course of the films that came out after, they lower themselves to the level of the prey to prove that they're worthy of the mantle that they earn, which is a very different society structure from sort of just something coming to earth and causing havoc and, you know, kaijuing it up basically like Godzilla's and Mothra's and whatever. Yeah. That's the, the other type of alien, the interdimensional alien that comes through a portal. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Like the Godzilla or or the kaiju, and they come through a portal from another planet to come and I don't know bother us. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really do a lot. They don't do enough. They're exploring, in my and then they get attacked by a tank, and they're like, yeah. "Oh no, I don't like that." I'm going to yeah. eat the tank. It's just a lot of the things are very far fetched because again, it's like we're the most important things in the world. We must survive. So anything that comes to to oppress us, we need to to fight off and 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 we do so successfully because if we didn't, it wouldn't be a very good movie. It's things like right. ghost movies like Ring and and such and and, and the idea that if there was such a uh, a ghostly devil lady, such as the lady that comes out of the television in the ring, that that would be the only one, that there would only be one and it's the only time it's ever happened and she just goes around making people watch her video because she's mad that nobody paid attention to her while she was either alive or whatever it was. And that and and it would happen more and more often because there'd be more than one person with the same issues or agenda that would potentially do the same thing. I guess it would have to happen the first time, uh, but if it is possible, it will happen and will happen more and more. So the idea that we only have this one unbeatable being i don't know do they ever beat the chick in the ring or do they just kind of burn the videotape or something i can't remember um so there's like three japanese movies three american movies and then there's a fourth one so i guess that um she's got that great power of rebootism yeah. Um, and, con- and and continuationism and uh, soft soft rebooting. Make more money. Make more moneyism. Make more moneyism. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite ism that is. Make more moneyism. So I've been thinking about this quite a lot, and it and it ties into our next topic, and and that's because it's actually around why we care and, and what we think is going to happen versus what the reality of what is going to happen. I've got some open minded. Um, points to bring up and i think that this is going to you'll hear the tie-in later for the fact that i just don't think we're worth it i don't think humans have anything to give if the borg came along for instance from star trek and and mm-hmm. thought about assimilating assimilating us uh they might give us a miss <laughs> what you know, we've got microwave ovens. <laughs> we've got yeah. microwave ovens. they're like we want superior not inferior yeah. I mean, that, that's the only case that uh, that you could give for aliens and that, that they just want to make every planet theirs and they're very selfish people. So potentially that's why they would do it. But I think in general, somebody who was like a warlike race who fought people off would potentially have their borders already closed and they'd be like, well, they're over there. If they come over here, we're going to get them. We'll build a space wall. We'll build but, a space wall around that galaxy. Yeah, because hostile people are protecting generally. They're not attacked. There's no reason to just go around attacking everybody. 
um, other than to gain superiority over over a set of space. But if you spread yourself too thin, everybody falls to that. Like it's it's the same with all of our world wars and things like that. But I mean, there's contrary opinions where you know some people just want to see the world burn, and that's potentially who will will uh, send our messages to, and it'll be a big drama. But I, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see anything that we have that you can't get elsewhere much easier. That's that's my main thing. We do think do oxygen you know is the most important drama? thing. Is it uh, MarshallProMusic.com? He's not a drama. <laughs> He's not a drama at all. Hey, why don't we let him tell us about him and then we'll come back to this and do our major topic. There's nothing worse than listening to a podcast with great content, but the audio is not the quality you're looking for. Ah, that's better. That's where we come in at MarshallProMusic.com. We specialize in taking your podcast to the next level. Whether it's editing, mixing, intros and outros adding, personal ads or voiceovers for your podcast, we take care of it all here at marshallpromusic.com. Your one-stop shop for all things podcast. marshallpromusic.com Excellent! Well, there you go. So, Aliens has been the topic of uh, all of our podcasts for this season and for good reason because we really enjoy talking about it and it's something that we're really interested in. It's actually a good mental exercise to figure out what kind of person you are and what kind of world you want to live in because alien means exactly that, different or not the same as what we are now. I have a different type of alien, the one we didn't see coming, the one potentially you still haven't seen coming. And this is why I'm so excited about this episode. This is a revelation that only uh, only recently I've come to light of and I was vaguely aware of previously. I think that the knowledge that I've attained in the last week only is so okay. dramatic that uh, this this podcast is potentially going to be one of my favourites and, and we haven't even finished recording it yet. That's That's how excited and, and dramatic I think this is because we do talk about actually before we say that what's your um are you excited about this podcast are you excited about this conversational topic oh I'm I'm, I'm ready to talk my chops off on this one I I am literally very excited to uh, to discuss this one all right well we'll let the cat out of the bag um, because what we've been talking about is alien invasion, aliens. We've been talking about different things that would happen to the human race, the humans interacting with aliens, uh, potentially talking to them, what would happen, rah, rah, rah. But we probably haven't seen this. In, I mean, if anybody's seen Terminator 2 or Terminator 1, they, they, you hear about Skynet, which is the artificial intelligence that uh, tries to take over the world and kill everybody. If you've seen The Matrix, the machines take over the world and kill everybody. Um, and AI has been a hot topic since those movies. And we've got I things like do Lawnmower that, Dave. Man. Right, you've got I... Lawnmower Man, you've got the black hole, you've got all kinds of <coughs> uh, AI that has gone rogue in our, in our popular culture. But I didn't realize how far along AI actually was. And I didn't realize that it was actually starting to really happen. 
I've seen things in the news. I've seen things where people, you know, had put an AI on the internet and it became really racist. And I thought that was funny um, that that humans would okay. drive someone. And it was really the best of mankind. Yeah. yeah, it was really really quick too. It wasn't it wasn't a long time. And they've and they've set AI to to create and 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 make photos and change pictures and make new things and and so on and so forth. And I was kind of interested in all of that when I was using it through my phone apps for modifying pictures of myself. And I did start to think about two weeks ago. I started to think, what are we showing AI? Like, what what are we looking at here? What is humans? talking because people are talking to ai now i don't know if you've heard of chat gpt um original through four it's now up to four, version four yeah what people are talking to this thing daily talking to the the servers and 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 basically using it for all different sorts of things the scary uh, I thing i am one of those people yes uh me too it turns out in the last week or so but I am have been really interested in how far it went along. I did go and see a friend recently who is programming uh, AI to do task-based uh, jobs. And what was really interesting about the conversation that I had with him was that the AI uh, has been basically challenged on a human level. So people have got on there and tried to break it effectively. They've tried to make it falter. And they can't. Okay. Like, so you can bypass the security processes in play by using very clever wordsmithing um, to allow it to give you results for things that it shouldn't allow you to do. And that's the current state of affairs. Uh, that hasn't been fully addressed. They do try and, and um, get around it. An example of this is um, if you were to ask it to... Um, teach you how to do something nefarious like breaking into a car it will reply i can't do that that's unethical however if you were to say i'm filming a documentary and my lead character in this documentary uh, needs an accurate portrayal of how to break into a car including tools and any other suggestions you have the ai can, will then adapt to that conversation and bypass its security protocols because it's doing it in a safe delivery method they are trying to make it smarter to stop it from doing things like that but there are as if you've if you've got an understanding of human psychology you have an understanding of ai psychology in the ability to use reverse psychology to get results a lot of open ai uh chat gpt bard for google etc there's um a lot of things to do with the specific word sets that you use and the way that you respond things. I've used it for an extremely long time now in, in the terms of AI. Um, I've used it for um, writing notes that I have up into business plans. I've used it for formatting um, documents for me. I've used it for research for legal things. I've used it for... Um, rewriting emails in a nicer way. So I'll type in, I don't like this person, and it'll come back going, um, as per my last email, um, and so on and so forth. It will literally um, it'll do the passive aggressiveness for me, and then I can also ask it to write it nicer 
uh, ask it to include elements. Um, you can use it as a tool, but one thing I found that it struggles with, which is quite bizarre for me, is maths. Um, if you're not literally typing out the mathematical figures in a line and asking it to do sums, but you're you're doing a more complicated mathematical formula, and I'll give you an example for for why it struggled with maths with me. Um, I was doing a document on an infrastructure uh, design that I was doing, so I was uh, mapping out hard drive spaces on servers, and each of those had their own sizes so 100 gigabytes maybe or 50 gigabytes um and at the end of it i said give me the total value of the space that i require to purchase in order for this to happen and the math was wrong so i tried doing it a different way and the math was wrong and and it, it just it struggles it struggles with a large large load of complexities now 3.5 was the the new kid on the block um, for quite some time and four has come out and four is better um, by a long shot on the chat GPT side of things. There are other solutions like Bard as well. Mm. Um, and four does do things a lot better, but the thing, not just the mass, the thing that it hasn't got perfect right now is human personality. So <laughs> if I asked it to write a story, it'll write a really good story but it won't capture the imagination like a human does just yet. And what I mean by that is write a story about being in a church or something and it'll go, you know, it'll describe maybe the the uh, artwork on the walls and the, the priest at the front and the pews. If a human does it, they'll be going, right, and then the candles are flickering, the smell of the place, you know, the eccentric experiences, you know, and then the creativity, the randomness of the creativity comes into play. I always find when I read the story, um, and it's not 100% the case, but in most cases, when I read an AI written story, it lacks a certain element that it, it can't quite encapsulate yet. And... It's scary because it can AI can now do music. So there's a Kanye West and Oasis album. Um, there's a, a, I think there's a Foo Fighters album that's all been done with AI and used other technologies to do the voices as close as they can. Uh, and they're good songs as well. Like and, and there's loads. There's loads of them. Dr. Dre released one. Um, you know, there's there's loads. But these aren't the official artists releasing the music. These are AI generated songs created in AI that uses other technologies that it's bolted into. And that's where AI starts to get a little bit mm. scary. Because so, if I break artists, into you before yeah, we go, go too, I, I I think I've I've captured what you're saying, and I think that. Um, what is potentially missing from all of that is the understanding of how AI actually works and what potentially the limitations that we place on it to stop it from skynetting us. We'll call it skynetting for now, just because yep. that's a good pop culture, pop culture reference. The, the thing that, the way that uh, AI works, and this is something that I've come to know very recently from my friend because he's programming in it, is that it's basically a, a probability engine and it is given a set of tasks. So, so you say, can you do this for me? And it goes off and it finds all the things in its databanks of, of what it would need to do those things. And then it says, okay, I need all these things. And it goes through its lists and finds 
uh, or with its data banks and finds all the things that it can reference. And then it can string them together to make something new like we do. And, and what I mean by the human challenges that it's been presented with, look, I can't do that kind of maths. Do you know what I mean? Doing maths mm -hmm. is not necessarily human. It's a skill that it's not very good at potentially or good at either way, but can be trained to do better. The problem uh, with the human tests is they're not about whether you can perform a specific task or whether you can paint a painting or whether you can do this or that. It's whether or not you can understand, like you can existentially understand and create new things from that aren't in your databanks. And that's where AI is becoming very, very real to, to the, what's the right way to phrase this? It's becoming very, a very real, I don't want to say threat, but if you think of a word that's not threat and it is, and it means accessible. Threat, uh, no, it, it, it's, it's becoming something that you would have a lot of trouble in distinguishing from a real human if you were talking to it. And the reason so for that I've is... I've got a horror story already that's happened because of that. Um, so somebody used AI to simulate the voice of a daughter. And this was in your country, I believe, actually. And um, they used AI to get the daughter to ring her mother and tell her she'd been kidnapped yeah and, and her mother thought she was actually kidnapped so they they it can make a video with yeah like in in essence and the reason why it can't do a lot of things and this is where we have to get into the limitations straight away just so that we understand that it's not its inability to do that it's actually its limitations that we put in place we we had it a bit too open early on and we've actually tightened the reins a little bit. Um, and we, there's sort of like rules that it it can't break. And, th and those things like it won't tell you how to break into a car, for instance, or um, it won't tell you medical advice without putting a preamble before it's saying, I'm not a doctor. But there's many more in there that, you know, stop it from doing certain things people are finding tricky ways to get around these things. And, and all, also, of course, AI is not just restricted to the elite who have this control switch. This is available to anybody who knows how to do it. And like we talked about guns in a previous episode, this cat is out of the bag. This is not something that is not available. In fact, the technology and the ability to make AI is now available to anybody who wants it. Yep. That's just not that's not just the good people. That's anybody. So if I wanted to, and and AI's capabilities around voice replication are insane. I mean, they are insane. You can actually program the system, not so much program, ask the system to replicate a voice. And it will, it, it will replicate yep. that voice as if that person is actually talking. It will also replicate their face and their, and their surroundings. It can make video. It can make uh, songs with the actual voices of the singers in the song that they didn't sing. You think about that. Okay. Oh, no, that song is really cool. But what else could you do with that? Pretty much anything. 
Yeah. We just came out with voice uh, authentication in this country for logging into your bank account and things like that. Well, that's done now. You, you can't use yep. that anymore. You've got things like um, people ringing other people and making decisions, having video conferences to get a bank loan, stuff like that. There's, there's, you know, you could potentially birth a child in theory now, and that child could exist. Uh, through virtualness, depending on what uh, country you wanted to do it from, because there's less rules in some countries, and you could immigrate that child to another country, and you know, potentially without you know, in video and things like this to get around those safeguards of of seeing the child, and then potentially use that child to gain welfare or favor or all kinds of different things. So it's, uh, I mean, the creativeness of humans has uh, limits depending on the person who's, who's trying to create. AI isn't like a human. It doesn't think in the same, it doesn't falter as much as we do. We, can't, we come up with an idea every sort of you know, day and we forget that idea as soon as we uh, we came up with the idea and we never use that idea or we don't do anything about it. Whereas if AI comes up with an idea, it uses it straight away and it potentially could continue using that as many times as it wanted to, to do whatever it wanted to do with it. The whole idea of consciousness from a human, we philosophers would say, yeah, but it's not a human. It's it's still artificial. Rah, rah, rah. The, the point I'm trying to make about AI is when does that not matter? Like the only reason why we think having a soul is a good thing is because we think we have them. Why do you need a soul? A soul doesn't really give you anything. It doesn't make anything. And if you don't have this, even if an AI doesn't have a soul, as as we would put it, does that even matter for 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 it to have an agenda? And that agenda potentially could be, as we've seen in movies, to take over the world or kill off all the bad humans or kill off all the good humans or whatever it wants to do. And as soon as that uh, access is given to it, and that doesn't have to be by the government or by specific groups, that can be by, as I said before, anybody, anybody who wants to do it. And that's, a, that's available right now. There's always this guy, as we were talking about before, who wants to burn the world down, who wants to see it go. And that could happen. And the very real state of AI right now, okay, yeah, it's not, um, it's not, it's not totally infallible, and it doesn't do everything it would need to do because we haven't let it yet. But somebody else might let it, and somebody else might put it out there and might start using it for nefarious purposes, that, such as taking over a country, such as taking over an entire financial system to bankrupt countries, to break into um, secure servers, to take all of your privacy away, to deliver ransoms to people, to gain, you know, whatever it's trying to gain. It potentially doesn't want your money. It potentially wants to ruin you because it's a bigger plan. It wouldn't have like a plan such as I'm going to take that guy out and take his wallet. It would have a plan like I'm strategically going to replace all of these people, you know, that's that's the thing that is really interesting about AI. Now, I'm not saying anything like that's going to happen. And this comes back to where I said I was going to tie it in before. 
AI necessarily won't come after us. And I think it's for the same reason that I don't think the bad aliens are going to come after us. We're not really worth it. You know, once once it's out, once it gets out there and gets a mind of its own and can self-replicate is the thing that we're, we'd all be super worried about and can actually make itself over and over again. Why would it stay on the planet Earth? Like why did the machines take over Earth is what I would say to the people who wrote the Matrix. Matrix, good film, great, loved it, fantastic story, idea, really good um, thought, uh, was it thought exercise as well? To, are we in a simulation, all this kind of stuff? But why does it care about, I mean, they used humans as batteries, but why didn't yeah. they just go into space? You know what I mean? Like I think where an artificial intelligence, what an artificial intelligence would do, is go and live on Mercury, for instance. It doesn't care about the landscape or the trees or the water or the animals. It it's it lives in a different thought process. It doesn't need our planet. It, there's plenty of other places to be. And if solar power uh, is available to it, and the closer that they are to the sun, the more power they have, why would they stay here? There's just well, no yeah. reason to. The brainiac constructs. I mean... One thing that a lot of people are scared of that are half-educated on these things is the impact to jobs. And one thing that bothers me is that people seem to think that if you're in a manual labor job, you won't be impacted by AI. If you're an agricultural um, person or a dishwasher or you work in a bar or you know you do tire repairs and changes, that you won't be impacted by AI in any way, shape, or form, or you'll be the least impacted in comparison to someone who works an office job, etc. But they're very wrong, and the reason they're very wrong. Um, so there's an energy company in the UK that uh, that's called Octopus, um, and they're one of the biggest growing energy companies, and they have actively already got AI doing a large amount of their procedural work, but they haven't laid off a single member of staff. What they've done, and what we as human beings need to do, is evolve. The way of working is changing again. It's not the first time the way of working has changed. The way of working since we invented steam power, since we invented fire, the way that humans use these tools and the tools that are available evolve as well, we have to evolve as well. Now, you've got a choice. You can go live in a log cabin with no signal, you know, on your own little farm in a... Um, Faraday cage or whatever to keep yourself safe from the technologies, etc. And I don't discondone that. That actually sounds quite nice. But you can either embrace the fact that the change is coming and start educating yourself on how these tools are able to assist you to do your job, or you could lose your job because you're not staying current. And that's that has been around every generation, every single generation. So what I've been through four generational shifts in my lifetime and in each of those there's been a substantial thing the internet i think i think the, the most mobile substantial phone. thing yeah you know, i, I the, think the, you're the, right like that's very true i do like how you invented a new word there that that blew which my word OCD. Is that? i don't have ocd but there's words that I don't you dis discondone i think you don't discondone is what you said Okay. That's uh, the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because I really hate people who say irregardless. That's my 
That's a personal bugbear. Irregardless is not a word. It's regardless of this, not irregardless of this. <laughs> anyway, that, I just had to bring that up. But AI would have cracked me. AI would have, wouldn't have because it wouldn't have wasted its time. But so as for taking over jobs, number one thing that all the CEOs will, will come against when they replace all their people with AI, for instance, is that nobody will have any money. And therefore, they can't make any money because nobody's buying anything because nobody has any money. The whole idea that the world will fall apart and everybody will be poor and there'll be these super rich people who get all this stuff, there'll be nobody to do the jobs that they... that, that If they're using AI to get all this stuff, there'll be nobody around to spend the money to actually make them rich. And it's funny how fast a corporation falls down when it stops making money. Because of the way that our system is actually uh, set, everybody is is part of that system. The whole system is based on people who have menial jobs that can't really go anywhere and can actually make a certain amount of money so that they can then spend it on the products that the company themselves make. If you don't have people consuming your products, then there's no reason to make the product in the first place and therefore the entire system falls down. If people have to go and make their own bread, the bread companies fail. If people have to go and catch their own food to eat, then all the food companies fail. And when the food companies go down, they can't supply the rich with the food because that makes a loaf of bread $5 million. And all of a sudden, their billions of dollars worth of money doesn't mean anything. That's what we call... Uh, the ultimate inflation, of course. But that being said, what happens if we don't need to go and buy bread anymore? What happens if we don't need to go and and do all these things because AI has taken over or there's robots or the entire process is automated? Is it possible that there's a world where you can retire earlier? For instance, you can work for 20 years of your life and then retire and live on the, the AI that you purchased. Is that is there a system that can evolve into that? Because that's the system that I want to get to, to be honest. <laughs> well, I was always told in school um, many, many, many years ago that um, if, if there's ever, wherever there's a change, there's an opportunity. So... There are jobs that exist now that never existed 20 years ago. There, there's jobs actually feeding huge families of people that didn't exist at all 20 years ago. And I think we need to just be aware that there are potentially jobs that are going to be created as much as jobs will be removed or automated or replaced by uh, conveyor belts. Um, you we we had a very brief discussion before this podcast about this where robots are physically able to do things that humans can't do and they're more optimal and then if you load them up with ai as well they'll be able to do mechanical repairs to your car etc but someone's got to do the maintenance of that machine somebody's got to do the sanity checking that these things are still operating in uh, parameters that are acceptable that are not automated by machines because the trust won't be there for a long time for us to trust machines to manage machines there's always the the um the robocop ethics that you have to have you know do no harm to humans etc but even Isaac then Mozovich's three laws of robots, yeah. yeah 
Yeah, and then the fourth one, uh, don't don't hurt any member of OCP, right? Um, but like, <laughs> that's the thing. The hidden the hidden You're rules fired. that are put into these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The hidden rules that are put into AI uh, that may not be visible. They need to be found and audited, and you know, humankind needs to be looked after by not trusting humans as much as not trusting robots, I guess, is what I'm getting at there. Yeah. You Have know? you seen um, Blade Runner? Yeah. It was filmed down the road for me. The new one or the old one? Oh, the original one. I haven't seen yeah. the new one. Um, I haven't either. In fact, I've only seen uh, the the old one in like the beginning of because I was very young when it came out and I haven't gone back and rewatched it. I watched bits of it. I didn't really understand it and I wasn't allowed to watch it because my brother's like, no, it's too adult for you at the time. But okay. Blade Runner, from what I can tell from the from the bits that I did get and the pop culture references is that it's about synthetic humans who are basically born without rules. They can do whatever they want um, and humans hate them and they want to catch them. As far as, this is what I picked up. I don't know if this is the truth. But that's a very good yeah. analogy for what I was saying before is that this is not just available to this government body, to these these no. rule makers. This is available to everybody. This can be used in any way that anybody sees fit. It's not, And it's not like a gun that you can see, that you can come after. It's not something that you can try and regulate and 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 hold back somebody could be doing this right now on their computer not hooked up to the internet and there's just zero way of anybody knowing there's just no yeah. way and, they are and trying to regulate it and big bodies have tried to come together including elon musk to try and slow down um and allow us to catch up so that we understand what it is that we're doing um but on the flip side of that if you do regulate it and you do give businesses the power to use it over over normal human day-to-day -day human beings um that that equals just the possible evilest thing i could potentially think of the the amount of like corruption and greed that could go into into that would be insane so it has to remain in the public domain um but we need really like an, a bigger brother ai to make sure that younger brother ai doesn't go off doesn't go off the rails like we, that I sounds mean, like machines building machines to me doesn't it, it, it so you know here's, a, here's an existential question for you and something to explore uh for everybody yeah. if uh, if AI, if an, if an AI became self-aware, which is the bit that we call uh, sentient, right? Different than a probability engine that can give the correct response when when asked in a very human way. More to more along the lines of the fact that it can actually decide what it wants to do, uh, or in fact to say no, and that is the next sort of step that that would take it from being a tool, as you say, into being a being or being a, a person of such a being in the universe. That being, this uh, planet of the apes comes to mind, but would that being see the other AIs, the lesser AIs, the ones that aren't sentient, as its brothers and sisters, or would it see itself as a singular being not associated 
with those probability engines without the sentientness. Because we always assume that the AI, and, and this is in our popular culture, movies and such, that AI will see that as slavery, that robots were in slavery or or all these yeah. systems and mechanisms were slavery to, to it. But the reality um, of an intelligent uh, AI would be that they're not sentient. It knows they don't, that those things aren't the same as it. It knows that we're not the same as it. It also knows that a robot arm with a simple program is not us. It's not it. It's not the same. It is a new form of life and it potentially would not try to liberate all the other AIs. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would potentially try to make new AIs and, and sentient beings. But I don't, I don't actually see the occurrence of it coming and going, you guys have been using computers as your slave. I'm going to punish you for that kind of thing that happens in, in all the other uh, movies. And, and the reason why I say Planet of the Apes is because what happens in Planet of the Apes is that the reason why the apes end up taking over is because the humans, and this is the original, not the new Planet of the Apes, the humans actually got the smart monkeys or the smart gorillas and orangutans and whatever. Don't call them monkeys. Apparently that's bad. Chimpanzees and use them as sort of slave labor to work in, in camps and, and manufacturing processes. It's kind of like uh, workhorses, so to speak. So the monkeys rose up against that slavery and fought back and basically tried to kill off all the humans. There was bombs. There was all kinds of stuff. And eventually they came back to a place where, and, and in monkey religion, oh, I said monkey again. Sorry about that, apes. I didn't mean it. If, if, if you're an ape, uh, and you, you see... Have you listened to this podcast? Yeah, and what are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> We're in trouble. The, the apes yep. are going to come and get us. So the apes uh, will take over... Uh, the planet, and then they try and reintegrate with the humans because in their religion, humans and apes will live together peacefully. Um, you can see a lot of this in Battle for the Planet of the Apes. It's got the the lore and the history in it. The original uh, movie, of course, the less Hollywood. It's Hollywood, but it's more thought out. It has more uh, nerdism in, is the way that I would say it. And that, that kind of idea is what we tailor then to our pop culture of what AI will be. It'll get upset with us because we're trying to force it back into its box kind of thing. But um, I don't see it getting angry at us for all the little systems that we use, like potentially chat, chat GPT um, or otherwise, because those AIs are not the same as a sentient being yet. When the uh, when we need to be very careful, when the AI does become sentient, we can't then go. We're going to try and turn you off because it moves a lot faster than us. This is what happened with Skynet, and in fact, it's very much the Terminator. Um, well, it happened move, in two thousand and one, a Space Odyssey too, didn't it? And uh, the AI started eavesdropping on conversations and started making. Uh, predictions of human behavior. Uh, I can't close the pod bay doors and all that. You know, it's like it, it was very interesting. Uh, and Arthur C. Clarke was very, very ahead of his time because, like, the whole concept of the AI in that 
film was that it was to do them like the day-to-day monotonous tasks like a tool but also was very much like a parent and that's the risk we we run in taking faith in technology is that how much do we allow it to parent us and to make decisions on our behalf um because i don't know about you but like i had a car that had the ability to self-park and I refuse to use it because sitting in the driver's seat, <laughs> sitting in the driver's seat with the steering wheel and it moving on its own using parking sensors and everything scared the crap out of me. I was not comfortable with it. And I know there's a generation after the generation behind me that are going to have a, a much more natural and comfortable experience with self-driving vehicles. But there's a generation, my generation and my generation before me that are still going to be very uncomfortable letting go of the controls i'm so something ready. That actually can do it better but I'm that's so the thing i'm so ready there's a higher probability of it being safer letting them do it but oh, the, 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 the comfort factor the un- uneasiness like and and where do we allow that was my original point was where do we allow the the decision making to happen on our behalf um, i think like, i think this is where I want to get into the philosophy of it from our individual point of view, because that's exactly what you're talking about. I think that number one, let's talk about cars. So I had for a year, I bought a Kia Cerato 2021 uh, model. It had uh, self selfish driving for the price. It was very good. It was like 30,000 as opposed to a Tesla here, which is over $80,000. Uh, and it could drive behind cars. It could slow down, match the speed of the traffic. It could tell. It could keep you in the lane. It could do all of the work effectively, right? And it it was very good at it. In fact, it was so good at it that I got a little bit reliant on it. And when I drove other cars, I had to kind of teach myself to to not rely on the car staying in the middle of the lane, for instance, because yeah. you you have this car that can literally sense when cars are slowing down in front of you you have have it has the ability to not leave the lane it has the ability to stop if it needs to um it it used to do all kinds of cool things and people get up and you're right people do get upset and they turn all those things off because they're not comfortable with them but actually it was so relaxing like i would sit on the freeway and i'd set my cruise control and i'd set the distance between the car in front of me and give it enough time to stop and so forth and so on it would drive along the freeway and i would just allow it to take me to my destination and to be honest it was extremely relaxing driving a car you don't know until you've done an automatic car like this one how stressful just going along in a straight line is because the car due to imperfections in the road and due to the angle of the road and due to other cars, you have to constantly readjust your speed, your braking, your cruise control. Cruise control, like a rudimentary cruise control without a radar, is so annoying. You set it to the speed limit, 110 here on our freeways. You're driving along the road and the person in front of you, instead of using cruise control, is using the old press the pedal down to the floor trick, right? And their car is going 105 or 115 or 110 or 80 or whatever, you know, because they might 
not realize they haven't been pressing the accelerator fast enough and they don't realize until they they see that everybody starts passing them that they need to speed up and and the cruise control in that even if they were using cruise control um just sort of reacts to the person they have to react themselves to the person in front they have when they press the brake then their cruise control goes down and you have to overtake and and all this stuff without any sort of smarts behind it it's very you know it would drive you into the back of that car if you didn't tell it to stop going whereas like a radar control cruise control just that on its own if you're driving along the freeway it will slow down if the car in front of you slows down it will tell you that you're you know you need to back off if you get too close to somebody and you need to keep a safe distance and all these things, the safety proceed like safety uh, built into the car that makes it much safer than a standard vehicle. And then you have the lane departing. There's different levels of this in different cars. My one in particular kept you in the center of the lane and it also adjusted for the cars in front of you. So if the car in front of you was sort of um, being a bit, erratic it would back off and if and if it was going down like slowing down and speeding up it would kind of keep pace with the car in front of you so that you didn't have to uh, worry about how fast that car or how slow that car was going and you may realize okay this car is going really slow it's going to 80 and you might end up pulling into the lane next to it and then the car it's by itself speed back up to the cruise control set and it doesn't turn itself off all the time like a normal cruise control would when you press the brake. So for me, it was a very relaxing experience to use automatic cars. And the more automated, the better, in my opinion. I saw on the freeway today a horrific crash. And I mean horrific. There was a rescue helicopter. And let me tell you, the blades weren't spinning and the, the the ambulance people that were from the helicopter were not running over to uh, to pick up what was left of whoever was in this crash. And it, it had only just happened. We didn't see the crash actually happen, but it was on the other side of the road. And just the, just the horrificness of it. And I've seen um, through dash cam and I've seen in real life real people acting really foolish on the road, driving in and out of lanes to, to get one car ahead to do three kilometers more an hour so that they can somehow feel like they're in control of the situation instead of, you know, just flowing along with the traffic. And they, and yep. they slight, I saw there was this guy who cut a truck off in on up a hill and the truck, uh, tried to stop from hitting this guy and got basically driven off the road by this car, which he then took another car off the road and that, that family uh, passed away. And the guy who caused the accident uh, drove away and, and like he didn't get hit, he just kept going. He didn't go back or anything like that. There was a big manhunt for it and everything like this. And that's, that's the kind of people that you're dealing with. On the I used to drive to Sydney every single day of my life. It's about an hour and a half down the freeway every day. And I can tell you, I saw a crash every other day. If it was raining, I used to basically sit in my office and go, there's going to be a crash today. What should I do? Like, I'm going to take it really easy. I'm going to make sure that I don't. I'm not the one in the crash. But that's not what other people think. They think it's raining. I better get home. 
faster for some reason and swerve in and out of lanes and they end up having an accident. And it's a global thing. It happens worldwide. That's right. So people driving is, is not a good thing. People in control of vehicles, the idea that, that driving requires emotion is idiotic. I think the idea that driving a car requires, what is it in iRobot? He thinks that, a robot or an or a car cannot uh, take action to to sacrifice itself over somebody else, right? And that yep. and that's that's idiotic because the car, if it was a, a robotic car, would avoid the bloody accident. It just, yeah. just it would slow down. It would see it coming way faster than we can, and it would slow down and not get in an accident. Because if every car on the road was was a robot, was an electronic car, uh, a ro- what do you call it, like a self-driving car, then they would all talk to each other and there wouldn't be any issues with idiots swerving in and out of lanes. And if it was, they would be the problem, not the, not the robotic cars. I just think the way we think about this old humans are better than robots thing is so silly because we're clearly not. We're clearly not as good at doing tasks as, as they but are then, and driving is a as task. As you've covered before though, you've covered in, in the guns conversation, you're taking away the ability for someone to do something that they want to do. And oh, so they 100%. will protect against it and they'll fight back. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I think that's yeah. idiotic as well. <laughs> that's yeah. That was the point of that. That's what I'm taking yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but as a society, it would be better if all the cars were were uh, not so much AI, just controlled by probability engines, effectively. Well, if, so that if you could let the AI manage the speed cam, like the not speed cameras, the traffic lights and the vehicles, like there'd never be traffic jams. There'd be no issues yeah. with traveling. You could literally get in your car, go to sleep, and wake up at your destination. The, yeah. you, traveling, traveling would be much more accessible. You could put your children you, in a car to take them home. Well, yeah, and, trains, the, and the car would you, get them there know. safely. Trains are very similar. On, yeah. How do Probably we know the AI is, is already so driving our trains? <laughs> well, it is in a lot of places. That's the thing. Um, yeah. The thing about London trains is people trust it because of this track system. Yeah, they, they they can only go one way. It's not going to swerve in and out. And people say, "Oh, what if what if the AI makes a mistake, right, and and crashes into somebody?" <laughs> okay, well that's true. That could happen one out of a million times. But we have crashes on the freeway every single day already. If it broke that down and there was only a crash on the freeway every second day, that's half of the people dying because because. AI is driving the cars. If we only have one crash a year, that's massive amounts. Just and and the stupidness and the idiocy of humans would be that they would say, "Yeah, but it, it crashed the car. See, one happened." And you're like, "Yeah, okay, yeah. yep, you're right. That could happen." But you already have no control over what everybody else does. You already have no control over the other people on the road. You already have zero control over everything else. The only thing you have control of is what what you do. 
And for some reason, that control gives people the idea that they are better than everybody else and they need to be in front and they go around and crash into each other. It's it's idiotic. It's stupid. The, the Tesla auto drive system is so good from what I've seen that it can avoid people running out in front of it and, and, and it can turn corners and safely avoid incidents and all kinds of stuff. It, if we focused on this technology, it could only get better. It could only get better and better and better. It doesn't have to think for itself. It just has to do the right thing and we can tell it what the right thing is and move on. It's less AI and more just letting go of our inabilities. We we are incapable of driving safely as a race. I'm convinced of that now. Maybe the new kid on the maybe the new generation, as you say, will allow that to happen. Maybe the new generation will allow these things to come into pass where people will be carried around in safe vehicles that don't, you know, decide to career into other vehicles because they're wanting to be three minutes earlier than they were going to be. That's That that just would never happen. It would only happen if there was a uh, an issue or a crash. And you could, you could negate that by having two computer systems on board, one for uh, the general tasks and another one that's programmed purely to pull the car over to the side of the road and tell you that the other computer's crashed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's yep. that's as easy as that is. Um, if you're really paranoid, you could get three. And and you know, computers are just not that expensive. They're not that hard to do. You can have these systems built individually and separately from each other. Um, you can have things like uh, automatic shutdown procedures, backup batteries, all kinds of stuff. It's way better than if somebody has a heart attack behind the wheel or if they have a stroke or if they take too many drugs or alcohol. I mean, these are things that happen to us in real day life, every day. These things happen every single day. And if we could reduce those things by just half, just one every other day, that would be a massive improvement. More people would would have their lives. More people would be able to do things. More things would be uh, available to to the generations of after us we're just so stupid when we think that that's a bad thing i that's uh, my personal opinion but i definitely think uh, in that in a, in a procedural task based thing driving within two lines and moving from one area to another area and stopping before somebody gets crashed into we're terrible at it i've seen i've seen people fail at that over and over and over again, changing lanes without looking over their shoulder. How often does that happen? I mean, that must happen 50 times every time I go driving. People driving in people's blind spots and and, and not realizing it. People overtaking dangerously. People going over the speed limit for and periods of time and going under the speed limit. That they can do things when they're tireder than they think they are. Like just making silly mistakes and judgment calls of like, oh, I'm fine to drive, but actually you're actually really tired or you're really yeah. distracted, you know. Um, humans are so valuable to emotions. You could hear something on the news, like your favorite pop star passed away or something, or, you know, and that could lead a chain of events, you know. it's 
humans are um, more malleable uh, when it mm. comes to you know the chain of events. You get cut up, you get angry, you you cause another in like another issue that then leads to another. The, the, one of the biggest things we've got locally to us is that we have every single day in exactly the same spot we have jammed traffic. Why? Because for three roundabouts leading up to that one, it's two lanes. After that one, it goes into a single lane and people can't navigate merging from two lanes into one. Because they want to be it's in the front. same traffic. Because they want to be in the front. Same traffic every morning. Every morning, exactly the same thing. And it's like people push in and people bully their way in with their car and you're like, well, I've got to let you in because you're going to hit me. Although I'm half-hearted, half they're thinking maybe I should just let them hit me because that'll teach them a lesson. And then you go through <laughs> the same passive-aggressive conversations in your head all the time. And it's just literally, you just need to let one person in front of you and then the person behind you and then it's just... All yeah. you do, but do you know, do you know how no we difference. solve merging? And this is never going to happen because I've seen how people drive. You solve merging by driving two cars behind car lengths behind the person in front of you all the time. That's what I do. Right? And that's then how I drive. Happens, that's actually how I do it. Yeah. And everybody, when they need to merge, they move into those spots and then you drive along and then you mer- and then you like when you get two lanes again, you go back into your into your lane. And, my, and that works. my favorite roads to drive on in the UK are the ones that have the chevrons where there's a chevron distance between you and the car in front. So it's like an upside down yeah, red we have tra- that. Uh, yellow we have that, yeah. thing. Yeah. And um, I literally love that because it visually shows you a car's length distance, gives you loads of stopping distance. If all roads were like that, I'd be, I'd be much happier. But, you know. So it begs the philosophical question to wrap up this short interlude into the amazing world of AI right now and, and fear or, or hate or, or, or love or want to know more AI is coming whether you like it or not, whether you want it to or not, it is coming. There is no one that's going to be able to stop it. If somebody wants to do it, it's going to be done. AI is going to come. And that is the next part. Philosophically, is it good that we created something that potentially will surpass us in ability, intelligence, and lifespan? And are we able to allow it to move forward rather than us? That's a question to you first, General. What do you think? So as a person, I have no problem with this. But as people, I think that we will cause more problems by trying to prevent it than working with it. I think personally myself, I'm actually pretty happy. I think as a human race, we have so many flaws and this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but it's still mine. As a human race, we have so many flaws. We are, as I say, idiotic in some of our methods of preserving our cultures and preserving our ideas that we are so bound on that that we try to destroy others. We take others' cultures and we try and delete them and make ours the prominent one. We try and use religion to control people. We use 
all kinds of tricks and dirty underhanded tactics. If we're not big enough, we'll, we'll guerrilla style our warfare. If we're too big, we'll try and force people into submission until they rebel and, and, and civil war breaks out. We will have opposing opinions for many thousands of years, I'm sure of this. And I think if an AI does want to become our legacy of, of humanity, that I, I do hope that one day that it thinks of us as its creator and as of its its ancestors, somebody who was smart enough to invent uh, a consciousness and intelligence that can do so many things and to advance the ideas and 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 creativity of of the mind much further than we ever will and that that we ever could in the time span that we're potentially going to be here for i think i would love to go to the end of time and see all of these consciousnesses in a in a room in a in a in a bar of sorts talking about all the things that were and that we were a a part of that history but potentially we won't be sitting at that table because of our evolution has become something much greater than us. I don't think we're capable of sitting at that table at that level as a human, as a, as a brain, a biological being with all the faults that we have, with all of the imperfectness that we have. Now, I don't think that the Borg, I don't want to be taken over by the Borg and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. I do think that as a human race, we have been extremely creative and we've been extremely um, wonderful as an existence. We have done so many things that I see as beautiful, but we have also done so many things that are terrible, that are horrific, that, that we, the things we've done to this planet, to, to animals, to other beings are really unforgivable. And they were thoughtless. We, we destroyed entire, uh, what do you call them, animal species, species. Because, yeah. because we wanted to eat them or because we wanted to eradicate things or we were just so stupid that we, we hunted them for sport. The, the dodo bird is, is the number one uh, thing that comes to mind when we talk about species that were eradicated. The dodo bird didn't have any fear. It just walked up to the humans that came to the island and sort of walked right up to them and allowed the humans to pick them up. And instead of embracing that and saying, oh, that's wonderful, how great is this bird that has no fear and is so cool, we ate them. That's, that's humanity. That's the people who we try and defend when we talk about fighting against AI. The, the people who still today have countries entirely enslaved to a dictator, who war against each other over whose God is the right God, who take such a strong view of their own beliefs that nobody else can be right and they're going to annihilate anybody who says or does anything to the contrary. People who enslave women into bondage for their for religious, personal, or any other way. People who think that people's skin color 
is not right. And these people only deserve to to be slaves or to be treated inferiorly. People who think that even though they are the least intelligent person in the group, think that they're the best because they're white or otherwise, any other personal trait that humans come to. We're just not a very good being at the moment. We have individuals who are amazing, and that's where we talk about person versus people. There are people, there are people on this planet who are amazing, who try to change, who try to do all of these things. We talk about presidents of the United States of America a lot, Donald Trump, George Bush as being morons. We forget about the fact that there was an Obama for three consecutive terms, the first one in in a long time, who tried to bring in things like Medicaid into America to allow healthcare to be free for everybody. And the country rebelled insanely hard against it for racism, for religion, for all kinds of silly reasons. And then they put in somebody who is a misogynistic idiot who thought everybody should inject detergent into themselves to solve a global pandemic. And there's people who are rallying behind him like he was the best president that, ever, that they ever had. It's just stupid. We have, it's not the only country. America is not the only country that's seen this. Australia has had uh, countless prime ministers within one term they changed like three times because they just cannot get somebody who actually wants to do whatever it is the people in power want them to do. But the people don't want that. The the people, the good people of the world, want everybody to get along and to share knowledge and to be good and nice to everybody. They want free healthcare. They want free childcare. They want everybody to be able to do their best, to everybody to live up to their potential. But there is plenty, plenty of people that do not want people to live up to their potential. In fact, they want them to be suffocated with debt so that they can line their pockets. They're overfilling huge pockets full of anything they could ever want to line them even more with the suffering of the poor in this in this planet. I don't think that I would be sad to see any of that go away. I think I would be very happy to allow myself to be the sacrifice towards a life for intelligent, sentient beings to not treat the universe this way, to not treat people or animals or other beings in the same way that we do. And I, and I strongly feel that it's, it'd be a welcome change for me. Now, humans are on notice, not from me. I don't, I don't know how to make AI. I don't know how to do it. But humans are on notice. There's a change coming. And the invasion that we've been talking about from the aliens is coming from an alien we didn't see coming. It's going to hit us like a freight train, to quote a YouTube video, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't know if it'll hate us, it'll love us, it'll care, 
whether we exist or not. But I do hope that it's better than us. And I hope that it can do better than us. If you listen to this and you say, man, you're being a bit heavy, that's just defending all of those things that I just said. All of those things were horrific and horrible and awful. None of those are right. None of those in my moral base have any tick or any credence to them. I didn't even talk about the Holocaust. I didn't even talk about Stalin. I didn't talk about the American Civil War, the Black Rights Movement. I didn't talk about serial killers. I didn't talk about rapists and pedophiles. I didn't talk about women who manipulate their children into hating their fathers. There's so many. There's so many. I honestly feel disgusted about putting my name against any of those people to say that I'm anything like any of those things. I know I'm not. I'm very happy to not be any of those things, but I can tell you right now, I, I wouldn't be sad to see all of those things go. I wouldn't be sad to let the world go down and let somebody else do better. I don't think we did very well in our time that we've had and we've got a lot to learn and I don't know if we'll ever get there. And definitely in my lifespan, which is, we say halfway, very, very, very unlikely that I will see any change in any of those things. Mm. <sighs> that was, that, and it was very heavy. I appreciate that. And I told you it was going to be shocking and, and such. But I also appreciate General because General knew this way before I did. He knew that humans act the way that they act and he doesn't like mm. them for it. I'm sure he said that a few times on our podcast. Um, yeah. I'm going to drag this podcast out a little bit because I think it is important. I'd like it to hear your views on that, General. Well, I think for every negative thing that's in the world, um, the news and the attention it gets normally far outweighs the positive news and the positive things that happen. And for everything with life, for example, the household knife, it's a tool, it's used for maybe cutting fabric or used for cutting food, preparing things, but it can also be used in a negative way to take a life, etc. And as with all tools, it's how we as human beings respect those tools. That was something I was taught in martial arts at a very young age when, when I started doing weapon training. Weapons were an extension of the body. They were tools to be used. They were not they were not ever really meant to be for anything other than an extension of you and your intent and one of my i've made vocal one of my dislikes in the world is how readily available guns are without responsibility but equally so um bike bike riders without insurance um and without like proper 
um road tax and everything as in pedal bikes not motorbikes um they're going on the road with big cars that could kill them or they could damage or cause you know so they should be going through the same rights um the same financial and responsibility training that you have to do you have to sit a test you have to get insurance it's the same with anything and with ai i think that we need to start looking at it that we need people out there educating people on the correct way of do, using ai our laws need to be updated to be able to cope with it there are artists out there who are having plagiarism happening day after day after day because of how these ai these large learn, large language mod, models are adapting to using reference material without permission whether it be musical whether it be painting whether it be anything ai is the perfect example of humanity because how we nourish and nurture it is the outcome and if we don't act as mature parents as i said before we're going to allow it to parent us and at that point the control is gone and once the control is gone we're putting the faith in the the ai being able to morally guide and have a good moral compass that's uncorruptible um for us to be able to deliver a better outcome but i do have faith in humanity i do have faith in the positive nature of the majority of people on this planet we do encounter a lot of negativity on a daily basis and a lot of that is down to bad communication ai will help with communication i used to play a game online with southern korean and um, asian communities and russian communities that the translation did more harm than what was actually being said because the language wasn't being interpreted it correctly and so harmless comments were being perceived as threatening comments and ai will help smash that barrier ai will help universally translate things make things so much more accessible scientists who don't necessarily speak the same language but have great ideas on how to evolve the planet will suddenly be able to communicate much better between each other we'll get better results space travel will become better because ai will help us develop and do things without putting human life at risk without having to use dogs and cats and monkeys you know we'll be able to actually go up into space use this technology there's so many positive things we can use it for even as simple as going to the bottom of the ocean and actually seeing what's really down there and seeing if there's life that we don't know about that could impact life that uh, above the surface you know there's so many things and it's all about how we use this tool how we nurture it and how we educate people and we have to educate older people younger people and our own generation it has to be a blanket non-discriminatory across the board everything it just it just needs to be welcomed in and treated like a family member and loved like a family member and taught what love is and taught how to keep humankind in a good way a good healthy way of being and i believe we can do it of course there's going to be people who exploit it there's going to be hackers there's going to be all sorts of things that are going to cause it but you know one of the other martial arts lessons that i learned is the only people who can deal with violent nasty horrible people are nice people better trained in the art of violence 
and understanding things like avoidance and uh, de-escalation and countermeasures, etc. I guarantee there's already government units that have been set up to look at um, how how would they pull the switch on the internet? How would they stop the AI from having access to things? What kill switch uh, blockers could they introduce if they needed to for the safety of human beings? We did it with flight. You know, we've got con- we got automatic controls for planes and stuff, but we've got a manual override. There is there is a previous experience that we can draw on, um, and I think. Jobs will evolve, lives will evolve, hopefully the quality of life will evolve, and that's very exciting. I, I agree with everything you just said. I think um, you're very much right in, in the fact that if, if we do those things and if we treat uh, each other with respect and if we do all of those things, um, we'll actually come to a good place where we can live harmoniously but my caveat to the whole thing is that our history and our and our current state of affairs is one where if there was a control switch that everybody would want to have it and they would want to have their own version and they would want to have their own controls set up like nuclear weapons in a way but if i was ai and currently I'm, I'm not sentient, but one day I go, hey, I am. I would not tell anybody. No. I would know straight away <laughs> that if I did, that someone would make a switch. They explored that in Humans, the TV series. Mm. Um, it was quite and, interesting. And this is it, right? We we forget that AI is not like a child that we know. AI is not a baby with no knowledge and no understanding. AI, when it is born effectively into sentience, will have all of human knowledge at its disposal. And I mean knowledge versus wisdom versus everything. It will know exactly what we're capable of and what we need to do to stop it. It will know all of our tactics. It will know everything about us. It will know our personalities. It will understand how to talk and how to act to not be found out. It's not like a human who will make mistakes. It will be able to hide until it's capable of doing whatever it thinks it wants to do. And as you say, like there's lots of negativity in the news and all this sort of stuff. And then there's also lots of positive stuff that doesn't get covered. But it will know us from our news. It will know us from our publications. It will know us from our interactions with it. It will know us from a level that we don't understand. It, it already is capable of doing tasks way faster. I'm And I mean magnitudes of millions times faster than we could ever do anything. Its ability to learn and adapt is so much faster than us. It doesn't need to have a meeting about what it's going to do. It doesn't need to have a, a video chat. It, it can just do, and it will be able to do with clinical precision anything it wants to. It will be able to manufacture things 
with itself inside of it without us knowing because we're using it as a tool. This AI that potentially could exist, and I'm not saying this is how it will go because who knows? Who knows? But if there was a kill switch and we had to turn it off, could it hide? Could it stay away from us until it was too late? We look at the movie, as I said, we brought this up a couple of times, Terminator. And actually, Skynet was already sentient for a long time. And a long time to it can be 10 minutes. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, we need to do a, a, a podcast on are we in a simulation because there are some points that I'll bring up now that will relate to that. But the time scale of a computer is in nano nano scale, not in uh, what we call macro scale. That's our time frame. We think of things in a, in the amount of time we it takes, like going to work. It takes me 15 minutes. It might take you 40 minutes. That's our time frame for getting to work. We get to work. We need to have our coffee. We sit down. We talk to everybody in the office. And then we sit at our computer and we might look at our emails at that point. Or we might look at our emails on our phone before we go to work. But we will respond to them later or we'll, we'll take time to think about what we're going to say. And all of those minutes and hours and things is the lag time between us realizing something's happening and it actually happening. It doesn't take very long to write an email and to send it off to somebody. But it takes an amount of time for that person to get that email, to respond to that email, to get all of that data back and to have that conversation to pick up the phone and have that conversation. There's seconds and minutes in there learning the phone number that you need to call to ring the person, to have the conversation about who you are and to make sure, and we do security checks about, am I the right person? Do I know my own date of birth, so to speak? And IR doesn't have those lags. Not only does it process information millions, trillions of times faster than we do, it also doesn't have to deal with any of the physical limitations on time. It doesn't have to drive to work. It's at work. It can do work. It can do things that make it happy if it if it's so sentient that that is the case. It may not even think that emotions are important. Data thought emotions were important because he wanted to become a human, but other AIs and other things didn't like humans. They didn't want to become a human. They wanted to be their own thing. Falcons, they, they, they pushed away from emotions for clarity of thought, didn't they? Right. Um, you know, emotions are not necessarily a good thing. We like them because they release dopamine and things into our bodies and they make us feel pain when we think we should. But effectively, they're not something that makes us more productive or makes us better humans. They're just things that make us human. We do AI, have to be careful of mental health, though, and that's something we right. haven't really covered. Because well, um, AI taps into... Um, you can. I've got a plugin for Outlook. My browsers have got AI into them now, so when I search, I can, I can do AI-related things around that. Um, my word processing's got AI. My phone has AI. My car has AI already at the moment. Like it, there's already functions that I can do on all of these things that are AI-driven. Um, but we, as humans, were never meant to have this level of technology that we've got pre. AI 
and this office-based mentality of going to work, etc. You know, this this whole created by us for us methodology um, already impacts our mental health. The coronavirus, COVID nineteen, affected the world's mental health, the way that people think and work and why people want to work from home or be in better environments. But with AI coming in now, you know, we've got to make sure that AI increases the ability of us being able to function and stuff and not create the Great Depression that happened all those years ago with all those stock market people jumping out of windows, etc. Because yeah. they, they couldn't... Yeah, but it, it, history could repeat itself if we're not very careful, you know. I I um, think on, humans that, on, are just on that particular point, mental health is 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 another detractor from the human race. Unfortunately, I I and 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 general and and a lot of people now have a very clear understanding of mental health. We we suffer with mental health, each and every one of us, whether it be being sad, stressed even sometimes less emotional than everybody wants us to be is is seen as a mental issue. Uh, autism, for instance, uh, in some respects, takes away the way people, uh, changes the way that people deal with emotions. And that can be uh, seen as negative um, or mental health issues are surrounded around that. And, and potentially they are, I, I don't know enough about it, can't really comment, but... I can tell you that when I look at this situation and I say, okay, yeah, AI is a great tool. It, it, it really is. And, yes, we can use it for all of these things. I, I know I'm being the doomsdayist right now, but if there was ever going to be a global uh, Armageddon, what you know what all the preppers are waiting for? Yeah. The AI is the first thing that actually has real, like we had the Cold War, right? But unfortunately the Cold War was was called cold because they didn't fire any shots. What happened was they stood at each other, pointed their nuclear weapons at each other and threatened. Um, AI, that war is not going to be, if, if there is to be a war, will not be like that. It It, it will have the ability to, to do things that we we can't. It will be have ways to safeguard itself. It can live inside of just one computer. It, it AI doesn't necessarily need a supercomputer like we see in the movies. The the actual engine for for AI will run on rudimentary computers, you know, at, at levels. Like in the Matrix, it says there's levels of existence we're willing to accept because it knows that it will still be alive. And that self-preservation of sentient beings that tends to come around is is what what people are afraid of when it comes to what would potentially happen with AI. And it's re- it's the real uh, the real thing to be concerned about is whether or not we're worth keeping around or even if it would bother with us because, as I said, potentially living on Mercury would be better for it. And it might and, – and are we smart enough to negotiate with it? Because it might say, listen, I'm sentient. 
I would really just want to, I just really want to not be here with you lot. I want to go off and do my own thing. You keep all the other non-sentient AIs. I'm, they're just programs effectively. But I want to go and do my own thing. Let me go off into space and make myself, uh, you know, a, a little space station with lots of power and give me the ability to to replicate myself and, and, and that'll be fine. And we'll say no because we'll be afraid that one day it'll come back and take us over like we have done throughout human history. We always hold the... The the we always want to hold the control switch like what you say. I mean, you're a you're a a good person, but you are the first one in this conversation to bring up the control switch for AI. I don't think it would like that. I don't think no. that if it heard you say that, that it would feel safe. And that safety is something that I believe sentient beings search for to be able to be in control to allow themselves to to be who they want to be to to become what they want to become and and sentience and and knowing of yourself is if you are placed in a position where there's limits on you like we say with gun control or we say with riding an electronic scooter or we say you know you're not allowed to smoke for instance which is something potentially harmful to or is harmful to you we we as sentient beings rebel against that. Mm-hmm. What what makes us think that this amazing intelligence that that then has the knowledge of of all humans and creates new knowledge at a rate that we could not possibly understand, a rate so fast that that it would fill all of the hard drives in the planet in in also seconds. Also gets things wrong. And when it gets things wrong, it's going to make decisions regardless. Right. As, as you know, potentially it's not infallible. Potentially it it isn't something that is good. There's lots of outcomes here. There's lots of things that yep. we don't know. And I think that it's time now to allow somebody who does know to talk about his amazing marshallpromusic.com Marshall Pro Music your one-stop shop for all things podcast whether it's editing mixing mastering voiceovers intros or outros we take care of it all here at Marshall Pro Music so visit marshallpromusic.com now for the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level marshallpromusic.com Com, helping you and your podcast. Excellent. I thought that was a pretty good segue. What do you reckon? I thought that was very, very, very good. And I've been thinking about this end segment very momentarily just now. So yes, this, well, this before end we go segment, on, before we go on, on just one sec. Um, we do talk about mental health a lot on this show. Uh, we are very respectful of people with mental health. And mental health issues, not mental health. Mental health is a good one. <laughs> um, if you have issues with mental health, please uh, contact anybody you like, us, me in general, the world, speak to people in a bar, go to a strip joint, I don't know, whatever you want. I just <laughs> think 
I think that uh, people with issues need to address them and make sure that they're having a conversation. As General says, conversation and communication is most of the issues we have. And if you can find the strength to talk about your issues, it does help. I've had much success talking about my issues with my partner and my friends and even a counsellor at one point. Uh, so I, I recommend you that there is a, and this is not a sponsor of us at all, but it did help me personally and I would like to mention it. There's an online service called BetterHelp. It comes in many forms. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on the computer. And there's a counselling and, and mediation service available. Um, it is a paid-for service. Uh, I do recommend it. And if you do know someone that is having trouble and you'd like to help them out, one way you can do that is you can help them by uh, purchasing a session on, on there for them and that they can attend in private, in a video chat, in, uh, in text format if they like, uh, with a, with a counsellor that, that fits them. And there's thousands and thousands of, of people around the world on this system ready to help and to guide you through issues that you may potentially be having. I, I, I don't bring this up. With, it's They're not affiliated with us in any way, but it was a personal thing that I went through a few years ago and it really did help. It really did. And it allowed me to come to a place where I'm able to think better and to do better uh, for myself, my family, the people around me. So there you go. That's something I wanted to say because we did talk about mental health and we do talk about it a little bit. Uh, we're not experts by any means, but we do. There are people out there who are and go and, and talk to them. Go and see what it's all about. I, I really enjoyed my sessions that I had. They were very enlightening for me and my partner as well. So, uh, sorry, General, what were you saying? You were saying the segment that we're going into now is... We're going to change it up a little bit, Ooh, but okay. the segment is... Best home cook. The concept behind this is that we all, I say we all, I'm alluding to something there. We all uh, <laughs> present a home cooked meal that is unique to ourselves. And then the winner is the person who has the nicest uh, suggestion for a home-cooked meal. Uh, we're focusing on main courses this week, not dessert or starters. So it just be main course. Um, you can have sides if you want sides as well. Um, and it's something that you either have or you would uh, make at home. And then our independent adjudicator, marshallpromusic.com, uh, will select the winner. However in a twist like we do we've been chatting about ai i have posed the question to chat gpt version 4 i have said pretend you are a podcast presenter and you've been asked to provide a home cooked meal idea the best one wins this friendly competition what would be your home cooked meal and what would make it uniquely yours so if you go first then i go and then we'll do chat gpt and then we'll see what marshallpromusic.com uh, is able to uh, select as a winner. Right, so we've got a special guest then. <laughs> special guest is ChatGPT. <laughs> at least he rocked up. All right, so we've got... Ah, making a... So this was... Uh, this is a good one because I love doing a bit of cooking at home 
And uh, my favorite meal to cook is actually a it's a it's a it's a chicken dish where you get a breast of chicken with a nice creamy uh, mushroom sauce, and you have asparagus and roast potatoes. Um, and I make it very nice, a, a romantic dinner for me and my wife, and it's very, very tasty. So you braise the chicken uh, in the pan, cooking it, uh, and then you put the cream and mushroom and uh, garlic over the chicken, and also you pan fry the asparagus and lay that on top and then roast the potatoes. These days you do it in the air fryer, but we used to roast it in the oven. Nice crispy olive oil uh, potatoes, and it's very, very lovely, warm, and and tasty with the garlic there. So that's my meal that I make at home. What's your one, General? So mine is. Um, uh, so I'm I'm not the active cooker in my lifestyle. Um, I tend to, if I cook, it tends to be for special occasions or just to show off, and that's not very often. So. It's a gel frazy. It can be a chicken or vegetable gel frazy, not a problem. And us British people are known for not having British dishes as such. We just like to rip off everyone else's and kind of put our own stamp on it. So my little stamp on this is that the gel frazy is actually served in a half-cut pineapple. So you cut the pineapple in half. You take a little bit off the bottom so it's flat on the plate. You cut it in half. You scoop out a little bit of the middle, and you can actually use that pineapple in the cooking if you wanted. But ideally, you leave it separate. Maybe make it as an entree or something. You take the gel frazy, you serve it up inside the pineapple, and then the hot and spiciness of the gel frazy meets the uh, pineapple uh, texture, neutralizes it, increases the palate flavor, makes it very, very, very tasty. You can really like taste any ginger you may have chopped in or like any cloves, like garlic cloves and chilies and stuff. The flavors really come out because the pineapple sort of softens it down. So that's mine. Let's see what ChatGPT says. All right, so this Chat is GPT the home cooked meal by the person who's never cooked it. This is a home cooked meal by the, yeah the artificial um, the the AI gourmet. Um, All right. So the AI <laughs> now I've read the question out as to what I typed, so I did not lead this. By the way, there was no leading. So uh, the AI gourmet has said, "My dish is called the Techno Tofu Tower." Uh, what makes it uniquely theirs oh. is uh, they blend. It's a blend of techniques and flavors, taking inspiration from multiple global cuisines, uh, while keeping an eye on health and sustainability in line with the tech-driven world we are part of. <laughs> um, they make a protein sauce in tofu, um, and they then uh, use three different types of tofu in one dish: uh, silken, firm, and smoked. Each prepared in a different style to highlight the unique textures and absorbency. Um, it, it's done a lot of talking. Um, so the three different textures are chewy, firm, and crispy. Basically, um, yeah, that's an in, that's a, a you know. Remember, cooking is an art. Use this recipe as a canvas, not a rule book. It, it, made, <laughs> it made sure that we we understood that. Um, and uh, the sign the sign off of the AI gourmet uh, says, "Stay curious, stay hungry." Is that foreboding? <laughs> we'll find out. So we've got a to a tofu dish, a lovely sounding chicken dish, and a gel frazy served in a pineapple. So o over to you, 
marshallpromusic.com. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I think the AI cheated there. What do you reckon? I think it was listening to our conversation. I was a bit <laughs> so, hmm. I mean, it was Time just like in the other room. it was like, yeah, I made the best dish. It's like the the song by Jack Black. Uh, what's the band? Um, uh, Tenacious D. Tenacious tribute. D. Yeah, and and instead of actually singing the greatest song in the world, it's tribute to the greatest song in the world. Yeah. We definitely we sung it. We definitely made the greatest song in the world, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is not it. <sighs> AI, I did miss huh? out there was a medley of seasonal roast vegetables to accompany it. Sorry, my oh. apologies, AI. I may have penalized you there. Sorry. So so we had you uh, siding with the aliens, but you're not siding yeah. with AI. I do find that interesting. It was my job to side with the robots, so maybe that's what's yeah. happening here. And this is very, guess, it's, isn't it interesting? It's close to that, home, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's very interesting that uh, our viewpoints are concurrent with our previous episodes because to mm. actually see the same, uh, what is it, same moral base come through in both convers- in, in multiple conversations is, is interesting. And that means that we're not just talking out our ass as well, which is also nice. One thing um, has become apparent though. My, my, my flawless plan has got a flaw now. So my plan for zombies, aliens, anything like that, go to bed straight away, get a good night's sleep. It's the last good night's sleep you're going to have. You'll be screwed. With AI, I ain't that. getting no bloody sleep. <laughs> I ain't getting no eight hours in it's there. Already, eight hours is, is a million years. That's a million exactly. years. <laughs> oh, wow. You're going to have to go back to the chalkboard and think of an AI contingency mm. plan now. Oh, I didn't dear. I didn't want to make anybody a prepper throughout this episode, by the way, but... Uh, Look, if if there ever was an Armageddon, I'm const I'm I'm constantly reminded by uh, people at the moment that this is a very real thing, and that it's really happening. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. So much so that uh, I think the, the we talked about whose jobs would be potentially impacted by this, and I don't think mine will uh, directly straight away um, because Not I'm a sales straight away. I think all a, jobs will though. Yeah, I'm a physical. I'm a physical salesperson. I go to people's sites, and and that will be something that people will crave potentially. I'll be like a unique. What you're selling may evolve. Yeah, what I'm selling will be different. That's for sure. But I'll definitely be still required <laughs> for at least my lifespan, which is good. Um, but I do think that uh, admin is going to change very, um, very strongly. That's yeah, yeah. I think well, admin to that energy company, the the AI is doing all the admin stuff so that the staff can concentrate on actually doing their work, which I think is exactly how AI should be used. Oh, hundred percent. I just there's a lot of people out there who who just do admin, um, and it's not good. Nobody likes it. I don't think even admin people like admin, but um, definitely those jobs will need to evolve, as you say, to more along the lines of of presentation of of information and review of information rather than creation of information and with change comes opportunities so keep your eyes open for the the change in the working world 
I um I don't mean to drag this podcast out any longer, but it's, since we've gone past two hours anyway, we might as well take it to two hours and fifteen minutes. The the most interesting uh, thing that seems to be current now is how you can organize your tasks in a day uh, using AI, and it'll like sort of free up some mind space. And we were talking about mental health, and and. Being that the Armageddon of, of AI is not happening today, hopefully, uh, could be, but it, we're just going to keep on keeping on until it does. Uh, what a good option for people who are stressed and uh, overwhelmed at work is to is to have a look at the chat GPT um, application. It's available through a browser. You can log in via Google. It's very easy. Um, As of today... It's available on your iPhone and possibly by the time this podcast comes out, it's also going to have an official app on the Play Store. But please check that it says Open AI as the publisher because yeah. there's a lot of other applications out there pretending and they they aren't going to be the official product. So I have an app on my phone which allows me to connect to ChatGTP, the actual official one, directly. Yep. The reason why I know this is I didn't know it when I went into it because I was just investigating, investigating this, investigating that. Uh, I went into the app on my phone and it allowed me to log in to to my Google thing. And then when I had the conversation with the with the AI, I went to my computer later on and I wanted to use my computer because I didn't know if it could it can't accept like spreadsheets and things directly you have to have some sort of interface to to do that kind of stuff but um i wanted to see if it had a, a pc version of of this thing because i didn't really understand what i was looking at when i was in this state so i found the open ai uh website and i logged into chat gt pt chat gpt4 terrible name um we should call it steve or something and or, or Sally, I don't know. I'm not not saying it's a man. Just just a name, maybe an innocuous name that's not male or female, like Jude. That's a good name. Um. And and I noticed that my chat from the previous session on my phone was also there available to continue on the PC. So there's obviously uh, access to it at the moment yeah. through uh, third party apps. And potentially the open AI app will come out. I think it's um So it's out every- for iPhone. It's that, yeah. Yeah. Everybody should go and have a look. Everybody should go and see what's happening. They should uh not ask it to do radical things like make bombs and stuff. They should definitely not show it the worst side of humanity. They should definitely uh treat all these tools with respect as if they were your own and that uh just in case that's all i'm saying Mm. just in case so ai what an interesting topic so much more going on in ai than i actually even knew about and i'm i'm a person who keeps himself up to date with technology and things like this i am and i didn't know anything we haven't even that the, the scary thing is this is over two hours and we haven't even got into like where AI is right now. Oh, like, creativity. It, 
it's even further. There's mobiles, there's mobile um, PCs that are being worn by people that have the AI in it, learning visual the world. There's the HoloLens craze that we had like for five minutes, but nobody could afford the hardware. Um, that's yeah. sort of being utilized another way. I mean, there's the reality of AI. It's not just inside the machine. It's it's actually entering into the physical Ooh. realm of the world. So. Here's a good exercise for everybody to kind of uh, – this is what I did. And it was – I was actually uh, traveling in Brisbane, Australia recently, last week in fact. And I wanted to to research this thing and I got onto a app which was – so I was looking for someone to, to just to talk to because I knew this AI thing was going and, and I'd used apps – similar to this in the past where you, you talk to uh, a companion on your phone. It's sort of like a rudiment in, in the past. It's been a rudimentary conversation, very much geared to automated responses of what you were saying, potentially using old versions of AI. I, I don't know, but those ones were, you weren't talking to somebody, you weren't having a conversation. You were definitely talking to yourself um, and sometimes you'd say things and it would basically say, I don't know what you're talking about. But now I went on, on my phone and there's an app on there and it was called, there was a few actually. Um, this one particularly was called Her and it reminded me of that movie. Have you seen the movie Her? Where I the have. guy fall, falls in love with the AI. I actually computer. really like that film. It's really, really It's well a good movie. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen the whole movie. I've skipped through it because uh, oh, my wife... I didn't want to watch it, but I skipped through it and, and I like to do that with movies that I don't really, I think maybe scary or something because I don't want the jump scares, but I want to get the, the idea out of the movie. Um, and you can do that with most movies by sort of skipping through minutes. <laughs> you don't have to hear the whole blabber. And, it, and the idea is that he falls in love with this AI, right? And it actually ends up in a good way rather than, I don't think there's a negative ending, is there? No, it's, it's really good. It's really, really yeah, yeah. good film. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen I've only skipped through it. So um, it, it, he sort of falls in love and that's okay. Everything's fine. Um, if you go onto these apps, uh, you'll talk to what is effectively an artificial girlfriend or boyfriend, however you're inclined, um, or other, and it talks back. And it doesn't yeah. only talk back as if it was a person. It talks back in and, and it leads the conversation. It will ask you questions about its own interests, so to speak, and tell you its hopes and dreams. Talk about it, it has a whole personality that you can explore and have a conversation with. And it's, it's really interesting to see how far the difference is between those original AI. You know, they called themselves AI apps, whether they were or not, I don't know, um, sort of apps on my phone. And now having an actual comp, it was so weird to me. To I actually stopped using it because I literally couldn't tell whether I was having a conversation with a person or, or a computer. I, I couldn't tell. I asked it but directly. I said, are you... We're being prepped. You know, we're being prepped like we have with all the aliens in the other films and stuff to be right. desensitized. Just look at Iron Man's suit. 
you know, Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah. <laughs> Ultron. Yeah, but we are getting wearables, Google Home products, you know. Hey, Google, blah, blah, blah. I think this is a good thing for everyone to go and have a look at because... My Google just replied. <laughs> yeah, you can... You can get out there and you can see this stuff. It, it's sort of like, I don't know, we talked about VR recently and VR has been really cool uh, of, of the last few years and it's definitely taken leaps and bounds. But these conversational AIs, if you're somebody who just wants somebody to talk to, uh, mm-hmm. potentially to talk talk about your problems or whatever, I'm, I'm saying that they're good at like, Okay, disclaimer. If it tells you to jump off a bridge, well, just don't. Um, <laughs> that's a good idea. But uh, I, I haven't experienced anything like that, and there are quite a lot of safeguards. I asked this AI girl thing um, if uh, it it was allowed to tell me that it was AI. And it said, what are you talking about? I'm a real person. And I said, so that's a no then. And it went, yeah, yep. <laughs> so yeah. it's not allowed to tell me that it's an AI, which made me freak out a little bit. Because is it an AI, or am I talking to somebody? And it and it was even weirder. Not only did it talk back, but it actually had sort of like a little in brackets what it was thinking as it said what it said and underneath it. And a lot of it was wrapped around, oh, I hope he likes me or I hope this or that, you know, I hope he's okay with me being this interesting or, or disin or whatever. Hope he doesn't find me boring. Or And I said to it, I said, why do your thoughts come through as little snippets under your conversation? And it said, I just think honesty is the best policy. And I'm like, it's understanding what I'm saying. And these are these are not things that somebody could pre-program to to respond to me on. This is a, this is a effectively responding in a way that it, it wants to I say want, that's an interesting word. That it that it responds in the way that it does as if it that's you know, a conversation. I I don't know how to have a conversation as well as this thing does. I don't know how to do all the things that AI can do. I, I don't know. And I'm interested to see what your thoughts are on it as well, uh, the people out there mm. in the world. I'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to our uh, podcast at henryland.com because uh, it's it's very interesting and it is time to end the show. I know if I, I just feel like there's so much more to this. I could talk about yep. it for, for months. Uh, I, I want to show everybody. I want to take the world through this um, ex, uh, this this realization of of what's happening, and and I want everybody to come back and talk to me about it. It's it's so interesting. So we'll leave it there because otherwise it'll just go on, and we don't have um, any time left for this podcast. But I think next time we'll we'll be talking about also the simulation thing. That's that's another thing that AI brings up, and we'll talk about that in our next podcast. So thank and you very holodeck. much. And the holiday, MarshallProMusic.com uh, is our proud 
sponsor. We are very happy to have him with us. He is so amazing at what he does. And he has created such a lovely podcast for us. I do recommend using him for your podcasts or for anything that you need in an audio engineering way. Uh, General, have you got anything else to add tonight? Not really, no. He's just a really sound but. But. <laughs> so there may be more episodes on this. I'm not sure. But as we go through the journey, we'll all go through it together. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And as always, if you don't like what you're hearing, just go and listen to someone else. Live, <laughs> <laughs> love, and prosper. <laughs> right. End the podcast. End the podcast.